everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Thank you for joining me. My name is Florence Bremer. I am an attorney in Phoenix. I'm also a mother, a wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, amateur restaurant critic, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and an overall lover of popular culture. Thank you again for joining me. As a reminder, the ways to reach me are at my email at florence at brummerlaw.com. That's B-R-U-E-M-M-E-R-L-A-W.com. My website, brummerlaw.com, which now hosts the podcast on it, as well as SoundCloud. You can still find us on SoundCloud. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at Florence Legally Brunette. You can also find me on Twitter at Florence Law and on Facebook under my name. And we also post the podcast on Facebook as well. Last week, we were dark. I did not post a show. I didn't do a new show. My schedule has been for the show to either record it on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And then I post it right after the recording. And then that way people can listen to it during the week if they like. Last week I was on a cruise and I had planned to post it and did not get around to recording it. A cruise, I found out, especially if it's a short cruise, you're so busy, you don't really have time to do anything. I thought I was going to get so much done and I really didn't. Which leads me to today's show, which is what do you do in a super crazy month. And I wanted to talk about my month because I've talked a lot in the past about how I do my schedule and how I plan my weekends and how I plan my weeks. And this month was its own thing. A lot of it's my own fault because I have some trips planned that are enjoyment trips and, um, you know, this is something I control. Like I don't have to go on these trips. In a way, I feel I do have to go on these trips because if I don't have this life, then it's going to make me harder. It's going to make it harder for me to be an attorney and less effective for my clients if I'm not a real person out in the world. So September started with Labor Day weekend. That was actually a great weekend, a nice quiet weekend. I saw a few movies with my sister-in-law because Harkins was having their movie special, their Labor Day movie special. The restaurants in town have specials that I've talked about where I say, if you can stay in town during a Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend, any of those weekends like that, do it. It's worth it. I worked on Labor Day, but really, it was just really light. Um, But as soon as Tuesday the 4th, rolled around, that's when everything has gone crazy for me. So I always try to take one weekday and make it a day where nothing is scheduled. Obviously, I can't control court. If I'm scheduled with a judge five days a week, there's nothing I can do about it. But I can control my meetings. And if I can have a day where I can schedule nothing, I'll do it because I need a day to get some work done. Otherwise, it's all going to pile up. And people who've hired me to do things, they're obviously they're gonna be unhappy if I can't do it. So I need a day to kind of wrap my head around what's going on, actually get some stuff drafted, check in with my staff. That's kind of a crazy thing where sometimes it'll be so busy during a week, and I'll get to the end of the week, and I'll think, I don't know what my staff is doing. I don't know what they're working on and I need to check in with them. So the week of the fourth, lots of court, lots of meetings, very, very busy. And when that happens, I try to use the weekend as my catch up and weekend work for me is working at home. I sit at my dining room table. I sit on my bed I sit in my guest room, which I have kind of, I like to think of it like as a little hotel room. Um, I keep the guest sheets and the comforter white, like in a hotel room, 
which I think isn't really practical if you sleep in them all the time. But in my guest room, I only have guests occasionally. So everything on the bed is white and it's really pretty. And there's a bright pink fuchsia chair in there and it's just pretty. I just love to be in there. So these are the places that I work when I'm at home. Sometimes my back porch, if it's not too hot or if the bugs aren't biting. Um, and that weekend of the 8th, forget it. It was jam-packed with stuff. My dad's birthday celebration was on the 8th, so that took up the whole day. And then I went to a Cardinals game with my friend Lisa Jackson on the 9th, and that was a whole day activity as well. It's so hard for me when I have those weekends like that because I really, really count on the weekends for doing my routine of getting some work done, getting sleep, catching up on sleep, all of that. Uh, So the next week, not much better. I was actually able to keep the 11th clear. I had a hearing that got vacated, so the 11th cleared up for me. But then on the 13th, I took a late flight with my daughter to head to Seattle to go to our cruise. So we flew in late because our cruise left on uh, early on the 14th. So I had never been to Seattle before and didn't really know much about it. You know, you know, the Space Needle, coffee, Nirvana, that sort of thing. Um, So I wasn't really sure what to expect. I didn't know if it would be a pretty city or, or what kind would it be more like New York or um, maybe more like Denver you know these those are both big cities but extremely different feels it actually did remind me a lot of Denver and uh, our hotel was two minutes from the Space Needle it was amazing it was we had a great view of the Space Needle outside of the hotel room window and there was a patio that opened up it was just nice and the weather was so cool we're in September in Arizona I know I've talked about it before getting through the summer in Arizona July August September the three worst months ever lots of people flee and go do things and I I hadn't been out of town really in a while. You know, I went to California a few times and California's fine, but you know, it's still, it's a little bit cooler, but it's still warm usually. And, um, Seattle was, um, it was a breath of fresh air. And in fact, my oldest daughter's boyfriend was there the week before we were, and he's originally from Seattle And that was the phrasing that he used. And I I really felt like it. It just, the air was so much cooler. It was in the 60s and the 70s. It rained um, somewhat, but there was a lot of times where there was no rain. It rained when we got there. And we had a taxi driver who was really nice. And he was from Somalia. And he was telling us about Somalia. And he ended up in Minnesota. And then he ended up in Seattle. But he drove like... Roger Rabbit, and he was all over the road. But we got to the hotel safely and had a nice night. Had to get up early and get ready and all of that to head to the cruise, but that was all pretty relaxing. Um, so I didn't get to see much of Seattle on the 13th. And on, and kind of a funny thing, which is something that only my kids and I, I think, would really appreciate. But I was in a lift going to a location where I had to get the wristbands for our cruise. We were on the Royal Caribbean, but we were part of a smaller group. And I was part of Adam Corolla's group. And I know I've mentioned him before because he's my all-time favorite podcaster. And uh, the reason why I even started thinking about a podcast was because of him and his master class. So I was part of his group and I had to go pick up the wristbands and like some other, you know, t-shirts, things like that. And I see these two apartment buildings and I think those are Naomi Watts apartments from the ring, the one where she stood on the patio and looked out into another, like an identical apartment building next to it. And I, and I said, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure those are that those apartment buildings and we went back I went back to the room and my daughter was still sleeping when she woke up I told her we looked him up 
they were. <laughs> we were super excited. Um, I, it's just so nerdy, but we love we love that movie. Uh, so went on the cruise on Friday. I had this vision that I would do a podcast on the cruise. I had a vision that I would get all this work done. It didn't happen. It was, we were on the boat Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It docked Monday morning. They unceremoniously toss you off on Monday morning. Um, so it, it just wasn't as much time. And then we had, we were doing activities on the regular boat. And then we were doing activities with our group. And then we were also doing things like napping in the middle of the day. I go to bed early all the time, and all of a sudden I was up till midnight or one in the morning, so I definitely needed a nap during the day, but we had a great time. So obviously I didn't get a chance to do a, a podcast, and I wanted to do a podcast to talk about, oh, look it, you can do your podcast anywhere, and I did do, a month ago I did a podcast in LA and posted it, um, and, and, and in that podcast I talked about working in a hotel room and how you can work when you're on the road. I don't know if that really applies to a cruise so much. In a, on a cruise, to me, it sort of feels like Las Vegas. There's You really don't know when it's night and day, and you're doing a lot of stuff, and you have the, the, the ocean air, and it's very refreshing, but it also makes you kind of sleepy. It, it just wasn't a great place for me to get any work done. I did try to stay up on emails over the weekend so that my my coming back would not be too difficult. So, um, the cruise was great. Um, I'll say this. I was on Royal Caribbean this time, the first time I was on Carnival. The food this time, not so great. When I was on Carnival, I felt like everything was delicious. The buffet area, it was like cafeteria food. It was not good. At night, when you did the formal dinners, that was pretty delicious. I think everything we ate, we liked. Um, but the cafeteria, ugh, just not that good. Uh, I mean, see, I'm even calling it a cafeteria. But the, the buffet, just not that special. And I noticed that there were lots of people that just seemed to be tossing their food. It just wasn't that good. Like there was pizza and the pizza wasn't good. There was a calzone. It was terrible. And a, just a lot of bread and carbs and um, the vegetables were mushy. Just not great. I was very, very surprised. But it was, um, it was so much fun. We ordered room service every morning. We'd have coffee and juice and croissants and bagels sent to the room. And that was always enjoyable. So, um, a, another recommendation for the cruise, my very, I've only been on two cruises, one, two years ago. And then this one, the first cruise I booked a little bit late and ended up with an interior room. And also I thought, oh, why spend the extra money? You can have an interior room, you go out on the deck and it's, you know, you don't have to be in your room. And, and that's what I did do, you know, but when you were in your room, it was terrible. It just was stuffy. It felt like a closet. I need sunlight. And when you wake up and you're in the same closet and it's just a dark closet and there's no sun to wake you up, it's not fun. It really, really throws me off. They had a channel that you could watch when you're in the interior room that it shows the front of the boat so you can see when the sun does come up, but it's it's not the same. I talked to, I met some women on the boat and they had an interior room and they said they had this big LED screen that made it look like they had a balcony and they invited me to come see it, but I never did. And I thought I might be able to catch it, you know, ask one of the room stewards to show me, but um, it just never happened. So I think maybe it's changed a little bit, but um this time I did have a balcony. I spent so much time on this balcony wrapped in a blanket. It was the cruise was from Seattle to British Columbia. So I would just sit there all chilly. And it was nice to be chilly and cold after months of just heat and wrapped in the blanket. And on the, the last day, my daughter and I saw some whales. 
out in the distance and just saw the water and it was so relaxing. I brought a book. I actually finished my book. Um, I read a book about Grace Coddington, who is the associate editor for editor for Vogue, the longtime associate editor. I know you're thinking, huh, how can that sound? How can that sound interesting? I loved everything she had to say. She used to be a model. She works with Anna Wintour of Vogue. Uh, she talked about how Anna feels about the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. And she just had an interesting life, has met many interesting people, has gone to many interesting locations for photo shoots, both as a model and an editor, and lives in New York and has this great life. So she was just a very fascinating person. She also was a very, her writing style was very conversational. So it felt like you were talking to your favorite aunt and, and it was great. And she had lots and lots of pictures in the book of the shoots that she was on. And I loved it. I just absorbed it. And I read it over the weekend. So it was nice to have that book. And it felt good. I don't buy physical books anymore because of the clutter, but I'll get them from the library. And it was really nice just to hold that physical book and sit on the balcony and watch the um, just watch the mountains go by. When you start from Seattle, you go down this strait that has mountains on both sides, and then you're out in the open ocean, and it was all beautiful. And then we docked for a day at British Columbia. We didn't get off the boat. It was uh, raining when we decided to get off, so we stayed on the boat. And then it cleared up, and we never got off the boat and got to see it. But we had a really, really nice day on the boat while it was docked. Took a long nap, read some more, that sort of thing. So if you've ever taken a cruise, there's two big pain in the butt parts of it. One is getting on the boat. It takes forever to get on the boat. You wait in, you walk through this big warehouse, and at first you have to show your ID, and then you get in this other line where they give you your room keys and you give them your credit card, and that line takes hours. It takes forever. Um, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> the whole process took about an hour. It felt like hours to me. We had, as part of our, our cruise, we were given two bottles of wine and you couldn't check the wine. So I had to carry these two bottles of wine, which after an hour just made my, sh my shoulder really sore. And then we had our, you know, I had my laptop and things like that, that you wouldn't check. Um, and, and then when you get on the boat, you're starting to relax, you're starting to have a good time. And then they have the muster st station drill. I, they need a, they need a better way. They put us in this area and they made us squeeze together like sardines. And I looked at some of the other stations and they just kind of let the people mill around a little bit. But our person made us squeeze together like sardines and I ended up in the back and thought I was going to pass out. I started, I don't get claustrophobic, and I really was starting to. And um, they had to stand that way for about 30 minutes. Every instruction that they were giving me, I couldn't listen to, because number one, I could barely hear, because I was surrounded by people. And then two, I was so physically stressed by being uh, surrounded by so many people, and I'm short, <laughs> so everyone was taller than me, so I was really like in this little cave. Um, I couldn't listen. So I'm like, well, if they think this has somehow saved me, if there's an emergency, it hasn't because I haven't heard a word they said. And then the second thing is when they, they toss you off the boat. So every night on the cruise is a late night. You're doing, um, lots of activities. They all go late into the evening. The boat really doesn't start going until later. And we had a movie with our Adam Carolla group. He had, I don't, it's not released yet, so you can't see it. Um, but he had a premiere for his documentary, and the documentary is called Uppity. And it was about a race car driver, Willie T. Ribs, and he was a race car driver during the 80s. And it's amazing because you're thinking, the 80s, that's not too long ago. That's modern time. And he, faced so much racism 
being a race car driver and what he did to overcome it, he couldn't get sponsors. He couldn't get money. And I was thinking, oh my, this is modern times. How is this happening? And then in an interesting twist, Bill Cosby actually funded his um, his 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 car, his NASCAR, and gave him three hundred and fifty thousand. And Bill Cosby said, "Well, I'm giving you this money, and because I'm you know the most popular man in America, obviously at that time, all these other sponsors will join. Like Coca Cola will join, and Jello will join. No one else joined, and he had this limited amount of money, and he still." got in there and he raced and he did great and he won a lot of championships and it was a very fascinating story and I thought wow like where was his story this whole time I had never heard of him Um, I'd heard of him I mean obviously because I listened to Adam Adam was talking about doing this documentary but before that I had never heard of him and had never seen him featured anywhere I wouldn't have known what he looked like and then saw the documentary, and it was amazing. So that was Sunday night, and we finished up the movie premiere about 1 a.m. So they start throwing you off the boat about 6.45 a.m., and you have to be off by about a quarter to nine. So it's just a mad dash to get out of there. And like I said, it's a very unceremoniously dumping you. Um, you can't get room service that morning. They're kind of elbowing you out of your room. When you go up to the buffet, they're starting to put up ropes so you can't get any more food. They put up ropes and then they took them down because there was still a bunch of people there. They're doing all these announcements of get off the boat, you know, thank you, but get off the boat. And um, it's all very early in the morning. And I just kept thinking, why isn't this at 11 a.m.? <laughs> Let people get up and get going. But I suppose they probably have another cruise coming on. Uh, So then we flew back on Monday afternoon, got to spend a little bit of time in Seattle, and did one of my most favorite things I ever did. We took a ton of pictures of it. We went to the Seattle Museum of Popular Culture. It was called Mopop. This museum was so fun. I wish there was something like it in Phoenix. I would have a membership. So it just had a bunch of movie stuff and music. So, of course, at Seattle, they had a giant um, exhibit for Nirvana, and they had the sweater that Kurt Cobain wore, and they had guitars that he smashed, and video clips, and Kurt Cobain's journals, and artwork, the instruments of the other band members. It was just fun. And then we went to the Jimi Hendrix one. And that was cool. They were playing Jimmy's voice and they were playing music. And they were playing all this music that I had never heard of. And that I really liked. I was like, how is this music never played? You know, usually when they play Jimi Hendrix, they only play the one song. And there was all this other music, like very bluesy. Like I loved, loved, loved it. And they had a Marvel Comics exhibit, and it had stuff from all the sets, like all of them, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, the Avengers, Thor, all of the movies. They had Doctor uh, Strange's outfit. They had a lot of costumes. It was great. But my favorite, favorite part of it was the horror exhibit. And they had real props from movies and TV shows that I love. They had the fish tanks with the severed heads from The Walking Dead. They had Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Mr. Pointy, her steak. They had Freddy Krueger's sweater, glove, hat. Jason Voorhees' whole outfit. Michael Myers' whole outfit. The axe from The Shining. These were like, for me, meeting celebrities. Um, it was so much fun. I, I'm blanking out on some of the other stuff. Uh, uh, some old stuff, like the mask from Creature from the Black Lagoon from the 50s. Um, I think the Hellraiser face with all the needles in it, that sounds familiar. They had Gizmo from Gremlins. Just so much fun. I just loved all of it. 
we took a lot of pictures of in in that area and and also got a chance to enjoy the the great Seattle weather went to the airport um I know I've told people before that at an airport I try to get some work done at the lounge and I and I bought you know the card the American card so I can use the American lounge Seattle doesn't have an American lounge and I had recently upgraded to on my on another American Express um, an upgrade to get increased hotel points and it also included something called a priority pass which allows you access to other lounges at airports. Uh, the Seattle airport had a priority pass lounge. And American Express told me, your card is coming, but in the meantime, just use your regular American Express card. It'll get give you the benefits that you are supposed to get. So there was a priority pass lounge. Of course, we went all the way there. It wasn't super close to where we were. So it was like a 10 or 15 minute walk. And I had my laptop and, you know, we, we had some stuff that we were carrying. We found this great little deli that had a bunch of vegan sandwiches. So we had ordered some sandwiches and we were just going to go to this lounge and eat. And I also had a phone call that I had to make to a client that was kind of urgent. And to me in the, in the regular airport, it just doesn't work. The reception is bad. It's too noisy. I can't get spread out with like a notepad and my laptop and everything I need to do to make this phone call. So we go to Priority Pass. <coughs> she swipes the card and she tells me, this doesn't work. So rude. <laughs> like, so rude. So I explained my story just as I explained. Oh, you know, American Express said I could use this card, da da da. Oh, nope. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And I said, well, should I call them? Sure. And this is on my part a little passive aggressive. I made this phone call standing at this counter. Because I wanted, because I felt like they, they were accusing me of lying. Like I was just trying to get into this dumb lounge. And um, so I made the phone call. I get on the phone with American Express. American Express says, sorry, let's hook you up with Priority Pass. The corporate office, they should be able to give you a temporary number. They send me over to Priority Pass, the corporate office, who says, we are not American Express <laughs> and we can't do anything for you. This was about 30 minutes. So finally by then, it, it was time for us to go to our gate. So I couldn't do my phone call. I called American Express the next day and, and told them again what happened. And they said, we don't know why Priority Pass would say that because we've partnered with them and we pay them a fee for our clients to be able to use this. And I said, well, this is what happened to me. So I, I just don't understand that sometimes. And, and what I said to my daughter and it, and it cracked her up. I said, what did this lady at the counter think? That I was just lying because I wanted to eat two cubes of cheese and do it for free and not pay for it? Like, how would I have this giant elaborate story about all that I did to with this credit card and the, the benefits with it and be on the phone for 30 minutes to try to sneak into something for free? Anyways... <laughs> Um, our flight back was great, um, got home, you know, kind of late afternoon and then it was off and running for the whole week for, um, the 18th, 19th, 20th, lots of meetings, um, telephonic court hearings, like very, very busy days. And through all this, I'm trying to keep up my exercise routine. So I... Went to my trainer on both Tuesday and Thursday. I kept my regular times. And I just felt exhausted. Also in this was the Beyonce Jay-Z concert that I had purchased back in April. It's finally here. And of course, everything just falls right in a row. I took my nephew to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Uh, wow, what a concert. Uh, DJ Khaled opened up. Uh, he, I can't really figure out. He's literally a DJ, just sort of a wedding type DJ. He played songs that I liked, Biggie and Tupac. And then he just kind of yelled pretty much inspirational things. He did some 
dancing that wasn't great. And then he rode away on a scooter. So it was very weird. Um, and my nephew and I just kind of sat down and we're like, and he's, a, my nephew's a young guy too. He's like, this is just sort of weird. <laughs> well, you know what? God bless him. Cause I think he's making millions and millions of dollars on what he's got going on. And, um, and people were cheering and people loved him. And then Beyonce and Jay-Z came out. Wow. Like, wow. Beyonce looked so beautiful. And she was on the cover of September Vogue. And I had just read her article maybe about a week or two before. And she had said, I'm still carrying some of this weight from the pregnancy with the twins that she had, I think about a year ago. So, you know, I'll, I'll get back to it. But now I'm just kind of happier with having a fuller stomach, fuller thighs, fuller arms. Like, I, I'm good with it. Oh, please. Oh, please. I mean, she looked beautiful. She was wearing these teeny, tiny, um, oh, I don't know what you'd call them. They were just like one piece, you know, like a lot of the pop stars wear them, like Madonna wears them, Lady Gaga, where it's just like um, Britney, like a one piece leotard, but, you know, beautiful. Like one had pearls all over it. Another one was bejeweled. Uh, she wore this flowy pink like this rose pink dress and came out and did a, a song. Um, a lot of times I felt that they were Jay-Z and Beyonce were kind of head to toe Gucci. I just spotted a lot of Gucci stuff and it was, it was fun. I mean, they would sing together and then Beyonce would leave and then Jay-Z would rap and then Jay-Z would leave and Beyonce would sing. They'd come out together. Uh, and they just kept, you know, switching that up. And then at the end they played home movies of their babies and their little girl and they held hands and she sang and it was very touching. It was just, it was a great concert. And one thing, I know this will sound weird, but I said, I feel like they're good hosts. <laughs> like they were just very pleasurable the whole time, you know, telling the crowd that they loved them and thanking the crowd and what a great time they were having in Phoenix. And of course, I mean, Phoenix can't be great for them, but you know, you wouldn't think it from it because they were just so nice. Um, so all of this is all together. And then yesterday I had an all day settlement conference. I left my house at about 8.15. I returned home at about 8.15 PM, 12 hour day. I was in the conference all day. We didn't finish up till about 6.30. I had to go back to the office and get something filed in another case I had to have, well, my assistant is my sister-in-law, and she actually came back in to the office in her nightgown and helped me. Like That's how crazy that day was. And then in a few hours, I'm taking my girls and my niece to Halloween Horror Nights, and we're flying to California. And then Wednesday, I leave for, we come back tomorrow, and then Wednesday through Friday, I'm in New Orleans for a conference. And I just keep thinking, I'm going to die. How am I going to do this? So I know it's like a very, very long setup to get to what I wanted to talk about. But what do you do when you have this going on? And with the amount of, of travel that I had this month, I started thinking about people who travel all the time for a living. My uncle Bob used to travel every week. He traveled probably 47 weeks a year. He would leave on Sunday afternoon. He would come home Thursday night or Friday morning or Friday night, depending on the class he was teaching and where he was at, and just be gone, you know. Uh, relax on Saturday, see his uh, children and grandchildren on Saturday, and then start all over Sunday. And I thought, how do people do this? It's been hard uh, because I really thrive on having a schedule. I really thrive on being able to feel like I'm in control. And this week, I don't feel like I'm in control. This month, I don't feel like I'm in control. So what can I do? One thing is I have to learn to go with it. Like you can't control it. So for example, last night I get done and it's 815 
it's not going to be an evening where I'm going to sit down and start answering emails. I'm cooked. I'm done. I'm fried. That's it. I have to see my husband and my daughter and, and call it a day. And that's what I did. By the time I got home, it was close to nine. I actually, my poor little girl, I asked her, I'm like, can you make dinner? <laughs> I said, make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for everybody. Instead, she made, um, we have vegan turkey, which I know sounds funny, but it's delicious. It's from this butcher shop in Minneapolis that we get it sent to us. And so she sent us, she went and she made these sandwiches and I laid down in bed and ate a sandwich just exhausted and uh, a sandwich and an apple and that was dinner and then I thought what am I gonna watch like I just wanted to put something on the tv obviously wasn't gonna be able to read just fried like so fried sort of that feeling where you just feel like you're gonna cry like you're so tired so I put on a movie that was in a way a little ironic <laughs> based on what I was going on going through this month, I put on Groundhog Day, which I hadn't seen from start to finish in a long time. It seems like I'll come across it on TV and then I'll catch like the last 30 minutes or I'll catch the middle of it. And seeing it from start to finish, I hadn't in a long time. It was on Netflix. And I'm like, this is perfect. This will just unwind me. I've seen it a million times. I don't really have to pay attention. Um, I know my husband will enjoy it playing while he's in the room. And um, so I put that on and we just kind of laughed and ate our sandwiches and unwound. And then I put on Interview with a Vampire because I had seen that a million times and fell asleep. I know I've talked about it before. Saturday is my um, take a walk in the morning, go to the library, do all of this said to myself, girl, you are not setting an alarm. You're not getting up at 5 a.m. You have a flight in the afternoon. You're going to be walking all night. You're going to get that walking exercise that you want. It's not going to happen this weekend. You have to be flexible. So I slept. And of course, I don't know, whenever I think I'm going to sleep in, it just doesn't happen. I got up at like seven, you know, which I guess is is later than I usually get up since I usually get up between five and six. Um, but it wasn't really what I wanted and I st still feel kind of tired, but um, it was a little bit of sleeping in. And then I didn't do anything. I didn't, um, I threw some magazines on the bed. I grabbed coffee for myself and my husband and we just kind of laid there. I put on HGTV uh, while I flipped through a magazine and HGTV is the ultimate for when you don't want to commit to watching something because you can just kind of look at it and you can jump in in any second of any show and you'll know exactly what's going on. So uh, Chip and Joanne Gaines were on and they're my favorite and um, the Property Brothers was starting who I love too and then we, a couple episodes of the the Love It or List It show was on. And I just love looking at like remodeled kitchens and remodeled bathrooms. Uh, and so that's been my morning. And in a couple of hours, I have to pack and get on a plane. But I really, really had to just slow my roll and say, okay, you're not going to be able to like be crazy this weekend. You need some sort of rest. So I came up with a, um, some tips that I wanted to talk about for setting yourself up for success during this time period. So one is just the night before really being mindful about what you have going on the next day and the next week and even the next month. So you look at it and you know, you're looking at it and I'm going to use me as an example. So I know I'm going on this weekend trip. So I have to be plan. I have this plan for this weekend trip. Next week, I have my New Orleans trip. So I have to have planning in um, place for that. Through the month of October, not only do I have my 
um, oral argument in San Francisco, but I have a lot of court, just a lot, 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 lot of court popped up. So all of that is, is happening. So I just have to be prepared for it and just thinking about it and making lists for it. On Thursday night of this week, there was, um, I got a, I was set with a hearing and I have to put out notice for it. And I just kept thinking, what do I do? Do I get up at five in the morning and go to the office early before my settlement conference? And then I, this is just going to sound ridiculous, but I thought, why aren't I having my staff do this? I just need five or 10 minutes to prep some materials for my staff to get this done. And that's what I did. I went to the office a little bit early and got it done. Another thing you have to do is try not to be try not to be about affected by distractions too much. This one's a really, really hard one for me. I knew that for my settlement conference, I had planned to leave my office between 9 and 9.10, and that would get me at my settlement conference 10 to 15 minutes early, like comfortable, and then make up for any, uh, you know, traffic, or maybe if I wanted to stop, if I passed a Dunkin' Donut or something. But what happened? I allowed myself to get distracted. I decided, hey, I'm going to answer emails for 10 minutes. I have 10 minutes before I have to go. Such a huge mistake. I started looking at emails, and then there was one that required more time for me to answer it. And instead of putting it to the side and leaving, I was so distracted by it and had the answer in my head that I had to just get it out. Well, guess what? I ended up leaving my office by almost 9.30 and had to inform everybody I was running a few lates because I let, and it was something that was kind of urgent, but it was also an email. So if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have had to respond to it and I could have figured it out later. So that's another thing as well. Just keep your eye on the prize for whatever it is that you're doing. The next important thing is sleep. A lot of articles say six to seven hours or more. I say eight hours or more. I need sleep so much more than I ever did. It resets my mind. I feel like it's when your computer's not working or your cable box not, isn't working, your modem. You unplug it and plug it back in and it's all refreshed. That's exactly how I feel with sleep, where my mind is cloudy, it's not working, and when I sleep, it resets it. And sometimes if I, if I can't think of an answer to a problem and I go to sleep, and when I wake up, I've thought of a solution, and it seems so simple and clear, and it's all because I've gotten some sleep. Another is don't hit the snooze alarm. I do hit the snooze alarm I, I, I'd allow myself one time, but even when I hit the snooze alarm, I don't usually go back to sleep. I'll usually look at a few emails in my personal account, um, check if there's any texts, you know, usually for texts, it's going to be like my kids or my family. It's, it's generally not clients, not a lot of clients send me texts. So um, I just kind of look at that, just kind of get going. So I'm waking up basically when I said I would wake up. Um, I have a morning routine, and my morning routine doesn't include work emails anymore, and it used to. The first thing I used to do when I got up, and a lot of this changed when my office moved to not my house. But I also have a laptop now, which allows me to log in to my work computer and check emails anytime. But I don't do that in the morning because it's the worst way I can start off my morning. It will give me heart palpitations. It'll suck time away from me. And I'm not really getting anything done. So I have a routine. And this is the other thing I recommend is stick to your morning routine. My morning routine is a long, long shower. I probably take 30, maybe even 40 minute shower, nice and warm. There's a bench in the shower. I sit on the bench. 
um, I just relax. I, and I know I've said this, which is funny. I have a waterproof notepad in the shower. So if I do think of an idea, I can write it down and take the piece of paper with me and not just be over and over chanting whatever my idea is. Another tip that I have is have some sort of um, meditation or prayer or writing in a journal or something that's just for you. The thing that I do is while I'm drying my hair, I read a chapter from um, a religious book that I'm reading and I read a daily devotional. And while in the past, when I was drying my hair, I would be reading a transcript or trying to answer emails, like ridiculous, ridiculous things. Really, in five minutes, I'm really going to get all this work done. But when I read something like a daily devotional, I'm starting off from a place of gratitude and peace. And a lot of times those daily devotionals will be speaking to me where they'll talk about, hey, this is this might be your day, but remember this. And it gives me a fresh start. I know a lot of um a lot of tips will involve exercise in the morning. I wish I could. It really doesn't work for me because I usually have to get my mornings going um I have to get into the office um, and or I have court or I have meetings set up. So I don't have this morning exercise time. But I do have my trainer in the evenings. So I have that scheduled two days a week. What I'm trying to do, this is a goal for me, is that I found some restorative yoga during the week. And I just have to make time for it. I was thinking if I can go... It's twice a week. That's not my goal because that's just going to be failure to say, oh, I'm going to go to this yoga twice a week. But I want to go a few times a month and get stretched and have my back feel good and and just try to deal with like some of this pain and in my hips and the inflexibility and everything else. The only time that I do... Um, Really, the exercise in the morning is my Saturday walks. I'm missing them so bad. <laughs> my Saturday routine is way off with this travel. But while I've been traveling, I try to make sure that I'm walking. Walked a lot on the boat. Um, met my walking goal every day that I was on the boat. You kind of can't help it because you have to walk to get everywhere. You're walking to get to the places to eat, you're walking to the activities, you're just walking on the deck because it's beautiful, just lots and lots of stuff like that. And then tonight, of course, and I'll report to everybody how great Halloween Horror Nights is next week, but there's so much walking. Like we, I think last year we walked like 20,000 steps. It was a crazy amount of walking because everything you do is walking. All the horror mazes are walking. But that's my exercise routine on mornings, and I, I am missing it. Eat something that's good for you. I usually try to eat something with peanut butter because I love peanut butter. I might eat a handful of cashews, an apple, something like that. Like I've said before, I'm not an amazing eater. Sometimes it's a cheese danish, although I try to avoid that. There was a period of time where I was so um, so tired that what I was doing to try to compensate was every morning I would go to Starbucks and get a latte and a cheese danish. That was not good for me. It wasn't making me better, but I was like craving sugar and caffeine in the morning to like get me going. So I try to do something better than that, obviously. And then I just try to start my morning as slow as I can. I'm looking forward to Monday. I had a trial scheduled and my trial settled and is vacated and nothing else is filled in 
So everyone keep your fingers crossed for me. Hopefully that's my day I can get stuff done. I need it. Like it has to happen because um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm not going to be in. I'm hoping because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is a work trip that I actually, and I'm not going to have, you know, any family members with me, which always makes it difficult to get work done because you're talking and having fun and, you know, having meals together, things like that. But when I'm traveling for work by myself, I can get so much work done because I'm not at the office. <laughs> it's sort of my, the go and hide what I do, you know, during the week is I'll go and hide and get some work done. I'm going to have a long flight on Wednesday because I have a layover. So keep your fingers crossed for me that I get work done. And then I have um, a flight home on Friday night that's three hours. And hopefully I'll get some stuff done too. And then hopefully just be able to also get some reading done, that sort of thing. I'm very, very optimistic on this New Orleans trip. So those are my tips for just making sure that you can keep going during a time period where it, your, your regular schedule is thrown off. It's tips for me to make sure that I'm getting my schedule not thrown off as best as I can. Um, I'm actually feeling so much better this morning after getting some sleep. And I'm very excited to go to California with the girls. I feel invigorated and feel like next week is a new week, a chance for me to start over and actually get some stuff done. So everyone have a great week. I will talk to you next week. I'm hopefully I'm back on schedule with the podcast. Again, reach out to me. I would love to hear any ideas that you have for a show or if you um, have something that you want me to talk about. I'd be happy to talk about it. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.